Ay, Dios mío. Okay, yeah, let's hit it. <laughs> Dios. All right. Mm. Gotta. Welcome to We Talk Different Night Edition. Yeah, between between the sheets, between the sheets <laughs> with ah, WPB, ah, between oh, the sheets with the quiet story. Man, we used to have like up in Detroit. There used to be like a broadcast that was. It was called that. It was called yeah, between they, the sheets. Yeah, that wasn't was just it that was nationally syndicated. Was it? Yeah, okay. the quiet storm. Yeah, the, like we had the, the quiet storm. Did you? Yeah, were, uh, we didn't have between the sheets. That's like that's straight up. Like they're letting you know what's happening. That's Detroit. That's, that's like letting you know. It was like all smooth, like R and B for you and your yeah. lover all night long. And you're like, Damn. if you got a special shout out or a birthday you want to hit somebody with, just uh, yeah. <laughs> hit me up and I'm gonna shout it out. Tiffany, like, this damn. is for you. Daquan <laughs> yeah. said, hit him up. He said, he's sorry. Yes, yeah. Him, girl. Yeah. Then it's meet me at the altar in your white dress. That's the next song. <laughs> All right, Jagged Edge. All right. They would get get, uh, bored up up where I was at, man. They would start interjecting, like, you hear that, Jaquan? You hear that? (laughs) Really? They're talking over the song? (laughs) They're talking over the song. I'm like, man, hopefully the A&R ain't listening to that. Like, yo, you just messed up my producer's, like, you just messed up my artist's song. Like, don't be jumping in. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. (laughs) Am I ready? Get ready to press record (laughs) on your... (laughs) On your radio, this next song. Uh, like pseudo psychology. Like, I know you've been feeling lonely and low. I got something that's going to lift your spirits. (laughs) To all my third shift, second shift workers. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell? Are we going to put in overtime tonight? Overtime? (laughs) You're like, what the? What are you talking about right now? Like, wait, what? Are actually talking about working? I'm like, I'm only 16. I don't think this is right. Um, Should I be recording this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, this is too bad. We're not going to make it through this podcast. All right. That's all I know. Welcome to We Talk Different, a podcast that explores the intersections of race, ethnicity, and gender in culture, politics, and theology. This is episode 178. Mm. Yeah. The this is the end dot 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 of 2020. 2020. <laughs> I like how you I, I didn't want people on a smooth voice. He committed to the I did. I went all in. I went all in on the on the late night WTD podcast. Take reading uh, for changing lives. In, I did. Uh, I'm, I'm touching. I'm touching lives right now. All across, all across um, the land, from the East Coast to the West oh Coast. My God. So, on the mic today, you already heard her voice. She is the one, the only Ashley Irons. What up, y'all? And the man who flies loose, the bishop, the deacon, the pastor. The deep, quiet storm. <laughs> hello, Cigaro. hello. What's up, peoples? <laughs> Almost need a high boy. Hello, hi. Hey you guys. Know, <laughs> no, Why we're you gonna, like the host they do? Why we're gonna have to pitch shift <laughs> that and like bring it down. <laughs> bring it down. <laughs> I am Ryan Holmes, and we are going to wrap up 2020. Normally, y'all know this. We don't record right now. November, mm. December, we take that time off. We try to collect our thoughts. We try to be quiet, uh, but we thought because of this year, because of COVID, because we've had an erratic recording schedule this year, 
we have yeah. been forced to shift into different ways to record. Um, we had an election that has just happened and seems to still be happening. <laughs> um, we wanted to come back one last time with, I guess, our final thoughts of 2020, um, yeah. what we think, where we're headed. We'll be back in 2021, Lord willing. I don't think we go anywhere. Um, but yeah, I think we're just going to kind of cover some of the uh, the recent history. We haven't been on the air for like, what, three, four, five weeks, three. I guess? Yeah. Oh, has it been that long? I feel like we that last wow. episode was like sometime in mid-October. This has been it a crazy year. Been like, Yes. <laughs> Man, shout out to the people that have been riding with us. Not, I mean, Yo. whether you're mm-hmm. new or whether you've been riding us since we started, which was what, four, going on years five years ago, ago next yeah. year. Mm-hmm. Yep. Shout out to y'all for your support. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, those that, are, that listen, that share, that, um, you know, dialogue with us, send us emails, comment when we used to be on social media. Thanks. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Watch the social dilemma. If you don't know. Yeah. Watch the social dilemma. And then uh, especially our Patreon subscribers, man, we, we Mm -hmm. appreciate you guys. Seriously. And I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to say the person's name on air, but if y'all live in Oregon and you send us an email in mid October, Right, like <laughs> yeah. this couple out there doing the work. I yes. mean, they like this. This couple sent us an email, five six paragraphs of how they were thinking, responding, yeah. acting, and living. And yeah, Elijah and I dope. were together yeah. today, and we had just we both commented just how crazy it is to. I guess I feel like when we do this, sometimes we're just talking to the three of us and it ain't doing right. nothing past the three of us. It's yeah. totally helpful for me. It's cathartic. I've grown. Yep. Y'all challenge me. But to actually think people out there listen to this and are like, yo, wild, we should do something else. Like what they're saying is right. <clears throat> we need to do more. And yeah. these people protesting on Thursday nights. They write in their city councilman. They doing all these things. And I was like, Except okay. for washing their jeans. We still need you to do <laughs> that. You know these are my type of people. I love them, man. I, I, I love, love this them. couple. You found your tribe. You found your tribe. I love this couple. And They're they go stay the with planet. Elijah when they come to town. So, <laughs> shout out I, to y'all, though. We ain't hosting you. <laughs> no, shout out, though. Shout out for shout real. Shout out to y'all, yeah. man. Y'all, thank you for that. We... We need encouragement as much as we get on here and process and mm-hmm. try to figure out and navigate yeah. life and the world around us and our own identity, our faith. Um, and yep. we, in sharing that we grow, mm-hmm. you know, we grow as we talk to one another. So you listen to the first episode mm-hmm. and you'll hear we're literally different people with different views, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, on episode 178, you know, yeah. and I imagine if things go the way we hope so, we'll be different on episode 250 hey, um, 250, and we'll keep growing. Hey. So, <laughs> so thanks for growing with us, challenging mm-hmm. us, writing mm-hmm. us, supporting us. Like, mm. I don't know where y'all be coming from or why y'all listen, but we appreciate you. So I think that's the way, a, yeah. a way to start off ending 2020 is with gratitude. Oh, that's totally. So good. Yeah. Mm. And I think like the, th- the, the amazing thing is, I mean, we've talked about it multiple times, but we're still processing this. We're still learning. We ain't coming on here mm. as anything more than just three friends who are literally processing in real time what is happening mm-hmm. in our lives um, around the world, our understanding of navigating through scripture um, and all of the topics that we bring to you. So 
it's it's really humbling to know that like our friendship, our navigation through this process has really inspired people to to move their feet, move their yeah. Their, yeah. So that's dope. That's really dope. Yep. It is. Yes, it is. Okay, so this is the last episode for 2020. <laughs> so we're gonna have to make it. Uh, we're gonna have to make it a humdinger. That's what they used to say back in the day. <laughs> Remember, remember, I'm old. Out my uh, white people dictionary. Yeah. Um, I was about to say, <laughs> that's definitely that ain't, like that ain't an urban dictionary. Are. That's the suburban well, dictionary. Let's go to <laughs> go to the suburban. Yeah, you get the H H H U H U M. Okay, yeah, it's a humdinger. So, okay, so I, I, I where I'd like to start is I just wanted to get both of y'all's reactions. <laughs> Mm. Where were y'all Saturday, right? So we're mm. recording this on, what is this? Wednesday, the 11th of November is when we're recording this. Mm. Um, last weekend on Saturday is when basically the, the counting was official enough to say Trump can't catch up. So Biden has enough electoral votes to be declared the president. Mm-hmm. What were y'all doing? Where were you? What went through your mind? And then did you watch the the presentation that night where Kamala spoke and then Joe Biden spoke and just yeah, walk me through both of where y'all were at and what y'all were thinking last Saturday. Mm. You want to go first? E? No, go ahead. Ash. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. So uh, since I am Pacific standard, I oh. was not up because it's a Saturday. So I was enjoying sleeping in and not having to be up and did not anticipate. Ashley. Anything politically happening on a Saturday? What? And yeah, I mean, WTV I guess it, crack it, research team. What the heck? Come on. Come on. What? <laughs> I was in bed, man. I was asleep. <laughs> Seriously, I literally got a wake-up call. I was, I mean, it was what, eight, nine in the morning here yeah. when mm-hmm. it yeah. was called? Yeah. It might have been eight or nine something. Yeah. It wasn't 10. I know that it wasn't two digits, okay? <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I get a call from my sister. I'm literally asleep. And my sister and my niece, and they both say, man, wake up, man. I was like, man, what's going on? It's a FaceTime call, so I'm looking crazy. They're like, everybody's out in the streets. Mm-hmm. And at first, I was, it took me a second to get like what she was referring to. And I said, oh, what? I said, Biden won. And she said, yes. They started screaming on the phone, running around. <laughs> and of course, my the, my sister says, Ashley, the First female, first mm. African American, mm. like, and my niece is standing right there next to my sister as oh, she's saying goodness. this, and so it was such a moment for me to to wake up to that and see my niece's face and see my sister mm. be excited to share yeah. that news with my brown skinned niece who wow. has no idea, you know, the dynamics that we talk about on this show. So this is something that's going to be part of her worldview. You know what I yep. mean? That was formative yep. for her. So yep. I got to experience that in that moment. And so I was like, what? Um, didn't know. Cut on the TV. Saw. <laughs> <laughs> turned on uh, CNN, uh, MSNBC. Just flipped through the things <clears throat> and, and saw the footage that they were showing of folks in the streets. Of course, they showed my hometown Atlanta and people hey. were like turned up twerking <laughs> white black folks out there doing the cha-cha slide I was like y'all got thank you thank you for representing uh, us um mm. you know and I just was catching up on all the news and then um 
here in LA, I ran a couple errands and kept running into just people were happy. Mm. It was like a mm. moment of celebration, like the world had just won or, you know, <laughs> I don't know, the, the Lakers won, you know, like there were fireworks that night. It was just everybody was happy. They were out in the street. They had something to celebrate. Um, they forgot that it was a pandemic, basically, what you're saying? They basically <laughs> forgot it was a pandemic because later there was a parade on Santa Monica. They, uh, everybody just popped up. Come on, LA. Um, just okay. Up. Out all night. Just oh, nobody man. cares about COVID. <laughs> <laughs> but the feeling, this feeling in the city was just like a... <gasps> the like, weather was perfect. Mm, mm. <laughs> it was just a bomb. Now, I did not watch the speech that evening because I... Um, since Obama was um, elected, I have this high fear and anxiety that something is going to happen to any black person that mm. is in a high profile mm. position. I know it is probably um, a little bit of a ridiculous conspiracy and fear, but <laughs> I will never forget how I felt when uh, Michelle and Barack got out of their motorcade during the parade and walked for about 30 seconds. Yeah. She had on this beautiful lime green kind of dress or whatever. I, I, I couldn't handle that moment. And mm -hmm. so I said, I'm not watching certain things live ever again. I, Cause I can't deal with the fact that that's running through my mind. Yeah. So didn't yeah. watch it. Um, but what I did do, my family and I all got on a FaceTime call right before this time and, and had a little toast. Mm. We all toasted. Everybody was pouring up. That's another thing. Across America. <laughs> Yo. Let me tell you, black women, we were drinking and having a wonderful time. <laughs> Yo, champagne sales are smashing records right now. Smash. 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 <laughs> so that was my oh, day. What about y'all? What about, what about you, E? Man, I feel like my day was anticlimactic. Um <laughs> <laughs> just to be real, like I not because of uh the events that transpired, it was just like Saturdays are just one of my busiest days. So I was like on the move and I'm getting all of these alerts, like Apple News is blowing up. Every single publication wanted to be the first to do it, so they all did it at the same time. So it's just like I'm like, oh man, what the heck happened? So I, you know, I, I figured everybody's been holding their breath. Again, that was like what five, almost six days after, uh, sorry, mm -hmm. four days technically, yeah. but uh, still. <clears throat> um, so you get all these alerts, and I'm just like, I feel like my jaw just kind of drops because I think for me, mm -hmm. uh, it was, uh, I was, I, to be honest, I was surprised. I was surprised. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, and I don't know if that's because I'm in Texas, and I mean. <laughs> I go and and for my job travel and kind of go to different parts, not just in the the like the city itself. So I'm I'm seeing the MAGA people. Like we were out yeah. driving the day that the people in the truck, uh, my wife and I, uh, the people in the truck <clears throat> were heading towards um, Fort Worth to surround what we now the know as the the Biden uh, campaign. But yeah, that, that bus, they were, yeah. yeah, the bus, they were all driving throughout the entire city, honking their horn, like MAGA wow. this, MAGA that, Trump this, Trump that, like, um, so we, we see them, you know, we see them around here. So, um, I think for me, it was like, I was kind of this disbelief and, and initially, and then it turned into like, man, Ash, to your point, like, I was just really amazed at the, 
<clears throat> the beauty of like the first black woman, mm-hmm. yeah, vice president, like just the magnitude of that, like that statement. And I was also inspired by the beauty of like just young kids getting to grow up um, mm-hmm. over the last, I mean, if you're mm-hmm. 10 and younger, like, I mean, yep. you get to, you get to witness the, the first African-American president yes. and, and the first black woman, pres- first woman, anything vice president, but right. black woman, vice president. Like, I mean, it is just absolutely mind blowing. And, and, um, I think from there, as the days kind of lingered after and like the exit polls started coming out and the numbers started revealing themselves, <laughs> I just was like, this is America. This is yep. America. We got to talk about that. But I, I yeah. want to focus on the the feelings first before we yeah. get to what you're describing. That was, that was my feeling. I, I mean, I straight up like that day, it was, I don't really do social media just mostly for work, but there was a specific thread by, I think it's the conscious kid on Instagram. Um, dope, dope person to, to follow Mm -hmm. where they asked people to just post pictures of their kids, specifically Mm -hmm. black young daughters watching Mm -hmm. Kamala speak during, um, the, uh, the speech on Saturday night. So I was like, man, Mm -hmm. that was absolutely beautiful to like see all of these kids just seeing themselves represented on the screen Mm -hmm. like in that position yeah it was really dope as if that's just normal for the for the kids point of view yeah that's that's just just like normal i grew up with this yeah obama was president kamala was a she's vice president like that's just that's normal man Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. man what y'all are saying, that's that's what I've heard a lot of. And I know, at least in, in my house with my wife and I, there was definitely a sense of relief on a certain level. And it was almost like someone uh, kind of was finally allowed to say, my brain space, you can stop dedicating this much of your mm-hmm. brain space to following the every movements and undulations and gesticulations of Come on. <laughs> okay <Anywhere? laughs> doctoral degree. Come, Come on, through on tap. <laughs> but like, but that the no. this man in my brain personally, for my wife and I too, like has taken up so much space, so much Good. time, so much energy to process and follow and to to think through what you're doing and why you're doing it, that yeah. the idea of it, the, just this week where Biden is starting to just formulate general task force to deal with uh, COVID mm-hmm. or meeting with world leaders to start to establish <clears throat> relationships, building a transition team to move into the White House. These are all normal functioning aspects of government. And I'm sitting there saying, like, dude, get this guy some cookies and milk, man. We got to throw a party. <laughs> but I'm like, the, the bar has been reduced so low to me that mm. I'm just like, I am happy if Trump can, like, move out of my brain and yes. I don't have to listen to this stuff. I don't have to watch these rantings, ravings, tweeting this stuff, and then the endless media cycle that ensues after he Ugh. does fill in the blank. Mm. Um. It felt like so you tired. you could you could take a deep breath in some sense, like whatever the bear hugging person was that was like 
holding your chest, the, the, that, that grip loosened up for, for my wife and I. Mm. And we literally sat there watching those speeches and we just couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe I was watching the first black, first Indian, first woman mm. person talk just like it just in such visceral terms and she was just mm-hmm. rocking this white power suit i was just like mm-hmm. people yeah, honking would. their horns and i was just like this is a it made me feel like kind of like what 2008 felt like after obama had won yeah. where you're like mm-hmm. maybe maybe there's hope but <laughs> We're gonna, yeah, we get, we gonna talk about that as well. <laughs> but at least, at least initially on Saturday night, just mm. allowing yeah. myself to feel this last four years has been really painful, and it has crushed mm. a whole slew of people um, across the board. And just to see the relief that we're hoping is going to be experienced by bringing in somebody different. Oh, uh, that is the key word because clearly we're in mm. a two-party system and though we get to breathe we really yeah. shouldn't <laughs> okay <laughs> we a, really should not because uh, yeah I let's mean, talk about going that. on to the next part it's yep. like yep there is this sense of uh, it's 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 almost like you're in a fight right and you're at that yelling stage and then all of a sudden the yelling stops but you're you still we still have to resolve mm. the issue so at least I'm not, I, my body is intense, is mm. it tensed up and my adrenals aren't all, <clears throat> you know, messed up and I don't have to raise my voice and, and do all this stuff. Okay, that aspect of the argument that we're in is gone, but the argument is still the same because yep. the fact that it took four days after the election, I know, I understand, I understand we had to count, I understand we had to do all this stuff. And the fact that some of these races were so ridiculously close. Close. That yep. was the saddening part of it. I, I guess getting back to what Elijah was saying, it's mm. still the reality is is that these things were still very close up to the last second. Like yes. that means half, if not more, of the country, it was still okay <laughs> with voting for Trump. Yeah, and they were going to be okay to have him for the next four years. And so Talk I haven't that. looked at all the exit polls, but then and mm. then you know you start hearing some of these. Stories and some of these uh, statistics coming out about, um, you know, uh, uh, um, I started hearing that there was a, there's a large population of, I guess, Puerto Ricans that voted for Trump in Florida and mm-hmm. and like the numbers with his base within that demographic grew and yep. um, all yep. kinds of stuff yeah that yeah. you just don't imagine. You don't imagine. Yeah. But then you are reminded like, hey, hey, hey. Yep. Biden and Kamala won, but uh, remember the context. Like you're still in America. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. are still a white man. It is still you know. <clears throat> I'm gonna have to check out some of his policies. Yeah, he's again saying all of the right things, but what liberal white person doesn't? I need to see mm-hmm. what we're getting ready to do. But then also, I understand that that has its limits as well because it's a two party system. It's it's you're never going to get things done that folks on the ground. Folks on the ground still have to do the work. Yep. Just because Biden won don't mean, you know, all these realities are going to change overnight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So anyway. The work doesn't stop. It continues even if Biden wins. Mm. Absolutely. And I know Elijah wants to jump in because him and I were talking about this today at lunch. But I will, I will set Elijah up with this, and then Elijah, you can take this ball and you can run <laughs> straight into the end zone for me. 
So oh, I thought he was talking basketball, but okay. Okay, yeah. The 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 sport ball. <laughs> you can take the sport ball and you can dunk it in the end zone. It'll be fantastic. <laughs> okay, so Biden currently, as of this recording, based on the WTD crack research team that we have, uh-huh. uh, Joe Biden has seventy seven point one million votes in America. Donald J. Trump has just over seventy two million votes. Three. Right. So I know, Elijah, you and I were talking about this component today and the Mm -hmm. aspects of white supremacy, of anti-blackness. And currently, Donald Trump stands as the second highest Mm -hmm. vote getter of all time in American history, second only to the current person, who is Joe Biden, who did win. Mm -hmm. But problematizing and discussing the fact that white supremacy still appears to be very alive and well and dominant, driving... Some aspects, some part of white grievance is still a serious motivator for a lot of people. Hmm. So there you go. I'm going to try to alley-oop that <laughs> to you. You can do what you got to do now. So I'm out. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think like on one end, <clears throat> I get it. I get why there are a lot of people um, who, um, man, are just are ecstatic and feel like a a sense of relief and a sense of breathing, especially like, I mean, if you are a victim of any sort of xenophobia, of of racism, if you are a sexual abuse and assault, like what Donald Trump has represented or has has embodied is is traumatic daily to you, you know? Um, And I get the, the, the reality of a lot of people just taking a deep breath um but it was just a sobering reminder of like man the reality is like the republicans picked up seats in the senate uh the republicans have a majority 6-3 supreme court like mm-hmm. i mean in a lot of ways like if you're a conservative i mean you're you're happy with what happened like you you still control all of the branches of government or at least laws being able to having to filter it through you without having to answer on behalf of Donald Trump. Yep. And like make excuses for him. Like, yeah, you you've lost the president, but you've won almost everything else. And I think one of the things that was really sobering looking at some of these exit polls was, I mean, almost every demographic increased. Like Donald Trump, the reality is he's still the face of the party. You can't mm. bring out 72 million people and then in four years, people are like, ah, I don't want that guy coming and campaigning with me. He brought out 72 million people to vote for him. Mm-hmm. Like, and the reality is what that, what I'm seeing, or, and I'm no political expert in any sort of capacity, just my observation is that like the groundwork is laid for some sort of nationalist, demagogue, mm-hmm somebody with a similar ideology that may be more politically savvy and may be able to say things a little more uh, politically correct than Donald Trump, but still taps into the anger and the, and that base. Like, I mean, I, hmm. one of the exit polls I saw, I think it was one of CNN's and it was saying that 91% of the people that they polled uh, who voted for Trump said that race is not a problem at all in the U S 91%. And and the, on the opposite end, eighty seven percent of Biden voters said that uh, race racism is the most important problem in the U.S. Hmm. 
Like, so I, I think about this and I'm just like, man, the reality is like, man, America's complicated. And like, <laughs> the reality is America can elect the first black president in 2008, reelect them in 2012, and then reelect and then elect the white supremacists right after that. Yeah. That, that is yep. the picture of America. Yep. There More so than like this model picture, you know, because I think sometimes people are going to, uh, maybe they might even see Kamala in office and be like, yo, we, we won the racism thing in America. Yeah. Yep. Just like with Obama. And then all of a sudden the work t- is over. But, yeah, but it's a lot it's, of work left to be done. It's the idea that racism doesn't fit snugly into a two-party system. Yeah. It is the system in which those two parties exist. Mm. Mm. There's a difference. You know what yeah. I mean? It's not like, oh, yep. vote this or vote that to make yourself not racist. No, ma'am. No. And no, sir. <laughs> right. The system itself is such that mm-hmm. you can be racist and operate um and support and per, uh you know perpetuate racist ideologies on both sides. You don't have to be an extreme left, extreme right. Mm-hmm. You could be yeah. left, right, left and right, both middle. You mm-hmm. can play hopscotch mm-hmm. all you goddamn want, but it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Like you know, it, so and this is how an Obama and a Kamala can exist and how we can walk away from this and, and say, oh, OK, yeah, we, we pick the lesser of, you know, two evils within an evil system. Mm-hmm. So, yay, Biden, you know, Kamala. And maybe in, in you know, campaigns years prior, presidential terms prior, um you know, voting for a particular party wasn't synonymous with voting for the face of the party. But in these days and times, I feel like that's impossible. Mm-hmm. I feel like you cannot claim a a one issue. You can't be a one issue voter within the era of Trump and vote for Trump. You can't be a tax based voter and vote for Trump and say, I'm a tax based voter only. Mm-hmm. Because Trump is so deeply ingrained with the effects of the outworkings of those Republican ideals and ideologies and the way that they form and, uh, you know, do certain politics. Like you cannot separate the two anymore. Mm. I, I, don't, I think he did that mm-hmm. in a way that was more, I mean, maybe it's just in our lifetime, maybe presidents past have done the same thing, but I just feel like the ways in which he embodied that, that seat, that office, it, it you can't tell me you are a Republican and separate yourself from Trump. He did not brand the presidency that way. And he did not run the country that way. And if you voted for him, you know, this time around or voted, you know, Republican, and that's what you want to claim. I just, I don't believe you made that choice in a kind of a separate vacuum away from Donald Trump. Because your taxes might be great, but you've got a xenophobic, racist, homophobic guy in office that is mm-hmm. affecting the lives of others. So I don't know. I think just to Elijah's point, I, I am looking at politics as a whole in a way that says and reminds me that this isn't my permanent home and thank God. Mm. <laughs> You know, mm. this ain't it. 
Mm. This ain't it. Yeah, that's good. That's good, Can't Ash. Be. Yeah. I hope not. <laughs> so I, I won't go into details about this conversation. We had this off the air. But one of my lingering thoughts was Saturday, mm. while, I, while I and my wife feel some sense of relief and what you both described and the circles that you are run in also have some sense of relief. Mm. I was confronted the weekend prior with the exact other side. Yes. And I was left wrestling with the stuff that we have talked about for years on this podcast. And that is the question of who is my neighbor and what does mm. it look like to love them? Mm. And I realized that in the midst of what you're describing, Ashley, that this particular spot isn't my home. Like My kingdom isn't to fight for political power, mm. but that political power, that system, that, that social system so influences the way we view the world that it divides us into camps, eclipsing, right. I think, even our Christ-given mandate to create something other, this upside-down kingdom mm. that isn't seeking power. It seeks power through love and through kindness and through sacrifice, which is mm. completely opposite. But I was confronted with this, this binary system through a person that I deeply love, and I was, I was left thinking Saturday night how that person is experiencing the exact opposite emotions that I'm currently experiencing. Mm -hmm. That that person is going through an existential crisis thinking that the world is now a worse place, it's now more dangerous, it's now going to be run more poorly, and it is now all of, it embodies all of the things of which they fear. Rightly or wrongly, um, that's a different discussion. Yeah. But I was, I was working through trying to have empathy and maintaining a sympathetic huh. ear mm. to the people who now feel that they are being attacked. I don't think that's the actual reality. Right. But I also want to be mindful of how do I walk, at least for me, in, in my skin, in my shoes, with my gender, all of my privileges, how do I walk in a space that I can walk next to um, the people who, according to at least the exit polls, evangelical, born-again Christians voted in about the same numbers. I traffic in those circles currently. How do I walk next to these people who are Trump supporters or at least GOP platform supporters and believe that any Democrat, regardless of where they fall, is a step towards the Antichrist, towards the mark of the beast, towards destruction, towards the end of America? <laughs> and how do I embody a faith that says mm. there is hope and I will walk with you and love you in spite of or because of your political belief. And I am still going to be your neighbor mm -mm. through this. But that is really difficult for yeah. me to do because I'm human. Can we human. be distant neighbors, though? Like, can I be a neighbor right. from afar? Like, know? different neighborhoods, like, you know, like, like miles away. Yeah. But, like, we have like, to make people human, though, you know? Yes. Well, you say that again because that, that's, that's like, my struggle. They have to be human because, like, I, I mean, even mm -hmm. to, to your point, um, it's so easy in those type of conversations to make it so two-dimensional. As long as you're yep. like, you know, 
a Democrat or a Republican and everything that comes with that label or a Trump supporter or a MAGA this or mm-hmm. um, if you're a social justice warrior, whatever the label we put, it's just it just is a way of stripping people of the reality of their humanity and that humans are complicated. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it goes back to the conversations we've been having where it's just like, yep. man... I'm trying to find that line. I don't know that I do it well, but I'm I'm like there are people who are <laughs> like I don't know. I'm I'm trying to find that line and I'm trying to figure out the right language between yeah. um even if somebody isn't someone I'm going to keep in proximity to me, how can yeah. I give them the dignity of of who they are somebody created in God's image? Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, not everybody has access to me where, like, they're going to be riling up my spirit like that, you know? But, right, right. But the reality is, like, they're human, though. And they're, yeah. they're entitled to feel, they're entitled to, to love, to have a range of emotions, and, and, and entitled to have an opinion as well. I may disagree with it, and we can talk about the disagreements, but, like, I want to paint them as a human as well. I mean, it almost to me is a, a even a deeper question of how do we, how do we uh, maybe put together or reconcile um, a view that allows for humanity and justice and protection and consequences and all of those things kind of all in one because it almost makes me think, and I am not equating. Trump supporters to what I'm about to say. Oh boy. But I'm just pushing it all the way to the extreme <laughs> of oh the question of humanizing someone has to go really far. If if we're going to do it at this, you know, degree, then we have to go really 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 far like to people that have committed heinous crimes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If we're going to talk about restorative justice, if we're going to talk about humanizing people, just f- those that have different views from us, that falls, I feel like it within the same uh, area. We have to use the same skill set of humanizing mm. somebody that's committed some heinous crime. They are, they've done something inhumane, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or are doing something inhumane, but does that make them less human? That's so. I don't know. I kind of work backwards from that sometimes. Like, how would I view somebody that's done something really crazy? Do I have? the standing or the positioning to declare them, you know, a human or not. That's not in my power to do, mm. right? That that shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. If I believe what I believe, everybody's mm-hmm. a human regardless of what they do. Yep. So you come all the way back from the extreme and you look at somebody who disagrees with you and in, in a form by way of support or by way of racism or by way of white supremacy or by way of misogyny and, and xenophobia and all of that is helping to sustain a system that commits heinous crimes mm-hmm. and maybe whether they know it or not you mm-hmm. know what i mean do i have the power to take away their humanity from them no but then where do we introduce the justice or the um consequences of actions like that if we're literally talking about a criminal i'm not talking about eye for eye and the mm-hmm. the death penalty or whatever but let's say somebody is actually committing heinous crimes how do I give them their humanity, but make them stop committing that thing? Right. Like, where does the line, where's that boundary? If there is a boundary with myself talking to somebody that's a Trump supporter, where I say, no, 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 no. What you're doing is actually dangerous. Mm-hmm. What you're saying is very dangerous.
dangerous. What you're saying is costing people their lives. What you're doing is, you know, tearing families apart. How how do we then handle folks and handle one another when we fall into that dangerous category without dehumanizing them? Because I don't know if that makes sense what I'm saying. Um, yeah. That's how I feel about half the country right now. <laughs> mm, right. What's, what is what is dehumanizing and what is actually humanizing? And it how what do those actions actually look like? Because that's a real question we're going to have to, really, the President of the United States and, and the Vice President are going to have to consider. Because you still have to, quote unquote, lead the entire United States. Mm-hmm. It's not just the, the people that voted for you. Right. Yeah. So what does that look like? How do we say... You know, how do we reprimand you and and continue to humanize you in the process? Hmm. Wow. And I, I, there seems to be at least a component of this discussion too, where if we are the church, um, at least the three of us collectively operating the way that we do, I believe that regardless of who is in power, who is the leader, we are called to create forms of accountability hmm. for that person. Mm-hmm. I don't care if I voted for the man or the woman or I did not vote for them. My job is to create an accountability system for the power structure that exists. Mm. And that is to try to change it like we've talked about endlessly on this podcast, but also to make sure that that person or group of people doesn't just get to skate by and do whatever they want, whether I voted for them or not. Mm. And I I keep coming back to um, James Baldwin he, he made a statement at one point that said, we can disagree and still love each other unless your disagreement is rooted in my oppression and denial right. of my humanity and right to exist. Right. And when any administration, when any government official, when any church, when any uh, CEO, when anybody starts to remove uh, the person's humanity, their right to exist, or figures out a way to create a hierarchical oppression, I personally, for me, believe from what I read in the scripture, my job is to get in there and to start to push back and create mm. space for the person who is being crushed, if yeah. not help like lift up the burden for that person to actually live their life and maybe get out of that situation, get into something else that's more life-giving and human. So for me, wherever I'm at, the work is always going to be to reduce the hierarchy and insert myself into those situations and help where I can, and then also removing myself to give space to the people who should be there, who should own that space, and should be doing whatever it is that that area is supposed to be doing. And making sure you're not dehumanizing anybody in, in that the process. process. Yes, ma'am. That's what I'm saying. Yes, That's the complicated inter- intersection for me. Yep. Because it's like, <laughs> I, I really do love uh, social media for the how quick and uh, witty and it, Instagram and black Twitter and all that. Like, we're <laughs> so fast with the yeah. jokes. Yes, we're so quick with the jokes. And I remember seeing something on Instagram where it was a drawing of a white girl and a black girl sitting at a table um, eating. And the white girl says... 
yeah, we can we can disagree about things and still be friends. And the <laughs> the the black girls comment said, yeah, about pizza toppings, but not racism, bitch. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> we can disagree about pizza toppings, but not racism. Like that, yeah. that they're not mm-hmm. one in the same. Um, One's and, a preference. Just, <laughs> the other one costs you your life. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so it just makes mm-hmm. me think. You know, I, I wonder at what. We're, I just, I'm trying to understand how to draw that line because I think we've talked about this before. Like, as as hard as it is to to say this, Trump is is a human being. Donald mm. Trump, Donald J. Trump is a human being. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. He's a human being. Now, now. <laughs> beyond that, dot 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 how, <laughs> dot 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 the end. Um, <laughs> how how I don't have a system or an ethic to help me engage with that type of human. Hmm. I have an ideal, (laughs) but I don't have tools yet Hmm. because the tools that I've been given in the water, in the context of this social media, like the first thing I know is to have the words and have the wit and have the humor and have a response and have a tweet and have a right. Mm hmm. But and and a lot of times those things are dehumanizing. Um, yeah. But how do I keep Trump as a human, not as somebody that needs to be beloved? You know, not in this weird relationship of like, oh, I feel sorry and compassion, and let's not criticize him. No, 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 I'm not there. But is there a space where I can? hold to my ideals of not dehumanizing somebody, but then also be like uh, righteously angry Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and forward and actionable about the fact that you going to stop killing black people, period. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to do whatever it takes to do that. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know that space yet. Yo, I think that's like our last episode too, that we talked about that stuff. That was reimagining yeah. the gospel. How do you how do you navigate that, Elijah? Sorry, I cut you off. No, 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 you're good. I mean, man, this this thing has my it's late, yo. It's got my head spinning. <laughs> uh, I gotta go to bed after this, man. Yeah. This is late night. And maybe WT- there, maybe uh, it isn't a real space. Maybe maybe I'm wishing for something that doesn't exist. I mean, and it, it, going back to what we were talking about, it makes me think of the book that I mentioned, "When They Call You a Terrorist," um, yeah. by Patrice Con Colors, and it's just like. The fact that they used that word against her immediately gave them room to dehumanize her and not engage in the work that she was doing. Mm. You know what I mean? That's the whole premise of the book is they yeah. call you, they call your movement, they call your cause, and they label you something that immediately strips that humanity and adds this kind of mm-hmm. uh, superhuman, super predator, super kind of uh, gifts and skills on you to destroy the American ideal. And yeah. it's like, no, no. No, no, no. This is just a human fighting for humanity within themselves and their people group. Yep. I don't yep. want to, in turn, take the same tools that have been used against me and uh, assume I can restore or rebuild anything, much less build something new. Mm. Man. I don't know. Yo, I definitely don't have the answer. I just have a lot of thoughts based <laughs> off of what you... <laughs> For real. Well, hey, I, that's 2020 in a nutshell. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess in my head, I'm just like, you know, are the at least the Western, mm. speaking just political, so the Western political world, I think it's so easy to transform ideologies to who someone is. 
And I think like when it morphs into um, beyond ideology, then it, it like all of a sudden the yeah. argument becomes like that those lines start to get a lot more blurred. Like it's not that I lean towards a democratic ideology or I lean towards a conservative ideology because the tenets of conservatism fit my lifestyle. It's like, I am Republican. You say something about that. Like you talking about me. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. It's your identity. it, It becomes your identity. And then when that's the point, like then to, to your point, we start separating things that actually affect people's identity or things that are really about identity to things that are people's preference that may affect their livelihood. Like, for mm-hmm. example, we can have a discussion about economics. What is the best economic system? Capitalism, socialism. Um, you know, we can we can go through the history of economics or whatever. And the reality is economics does affect people's livelihood and maybe people's homes, but like there's not a person who's tied to an economic system. You know, you get what I'm saying? And it just kind of feels like that separation is starting to blur so much more that when we are talking about racism and things that affect people being able to breathe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we start blending that with, you know, uh, uh, other ideologies. All of a sudden it's like, we can't, we can't, I don't know. I, I, in my head, I'm just like, man, it just seems like the lines time after time are getting blurred and, and, uh, things that have real impact are now getting, um, crossed over with things that we can just spar about an ideology, you know? Got it. Um, right. so I don't know that, that thought came to my mind. And, and when I was thinking of Trump, I was just like, man, I feel like, if I have a track record for doing something, it just feels like I should be able to get called out because I have a record of doing something. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, and I don't know that that would affect my personhood. Like mm-hmm. you being like, yo, e, you did X, Y, and Z for this amount of time for these amount of years. Like, yeah. that's just what I did. Like, you know, right, right, um, right, right. And if I take it personally, I take it personally, but that is not an attack on who I am. That is just, uh, so that's what I'm wondering, like, is if we are sitting here criticizing decisions and policies that have been made that affect real people, like, I don't know that that I would put that in the same thing as stripping down the man's character. Like, I disagree with the decisions that he has made in a lot of ways. And I think that those, I have an opinion of where those decisions are rooted from, but, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that's a little mm-hmm. more gray, but like those decisions affect real people and the outcome of yeah. those decisions mm-hmm. are still, even if like he comes from a pure heart, like the policy <laughs> that was made was xenophobic. Sorry, yeah, that wasn't a laughing point. Sorry. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> like, even yeah. if he comes from a quote unquote mm-hmm. good place, like right. it still has racial effects. I mean, that's literally yep. what Ibrahim Kendi's book, um, the anti-racism, yep. it talks about policies. Like it debunks yeah. the myth of a good heart. Like yeah. it don't, Your it don't matter if you have the a soul. Yeah, yeah, it don't matter if you have a good heart. If literally the policies operating in the in the in the form in which it was intended to create, like that is a racist yes. policy. It's mm-hmm. the moving train idea. Yeah. But I mean, I guess personally. Yep. Maybe then it comes down to a question of the intent of our own hearts in what we do. I mean, but then it doesn't count for anything. 
Never mind. I, I don't. No, I, I mean, it's, I think it's that that's unsolvable fair. problem. It yeah. feels like it feels like an uh, unsolvable problem because you're absolutely right. I don't think criticism equates to dehumanization mm-hmm. at all. Um, I don't think having a mind and a voice and an opinion and engaging in the world and around you and how it operates in the lives, you know, that certain decisions affect. I, I, I just, I guess it's so easy to cross mm-hmm. over into this space where I am constantly questioning myself of how, why, my own motivations, maybe. Mm. And have I dehumanized a person and just immediately turned them into this villain? Now, granted, I'm not talking about Trump because he's yeah. an exception to the rule. I believe he is an actual villain. I do. A mm-hmm. human villain, whatever. But <laughs> and maybe I am uh contradicting myself in this entire conversation, but I'm I'm talking about half of the country that I still have to walk out my door and live with, right? Yeah. And yep. build community with somehow and build policies with and do all this stuff. I'm not talking about a caricature of a party. I am talking about actual people. And so I, I, it's just this space, honestly, as a, a Christian, where I am wondering how do I engage in this, and mm. you know, we can reference the Bible and and look at some of the things Jesus did towards the the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and how critical he was, and you know how uh, quote unquote, I mean, he wasn't theologically sparring because he's actually the Word of God, but how he invited others to mm. <laughs> theologically spar with him in the temple. And that's, yep. this is how they, this is how you learn. This is how you grow. This is how you do this. This is how you do that or whatever. And to him flipping over tables and being upset and having emotions about a thing. I know he didn't dehumanize anybody. And and, and so it's room for that. I feel like there's room for that. I, but I mm. also feel like we are in a culture which we never really got a chance to dive deep into that cancels Mm. humans out. And I feel like not one person, we're not all one thing. Mm -hmm. People aren't one thing. People can be a lot of one thing and we can't, you know, we can look at the fruit and call it what it is, but that doesn't mean that they're there. They are literally all that thing. Mm -hmm. You know, if that makes sense. Um, and so really in a climate like this where, you know, people are Republican and maybe feel that they are separate from Donald Trump, I don't feel that they can be, but maybe that's their personal feeling towards it. How do I engage with those folks? You know, do I have to engage? Right now, if I were to answer this, the question for myself, I would say I can't. Mm-hmm. I don't have the mental, physical, emotional space to do that and care for myself and survive as a person that's within a marginalized oppressed group. Mm. I can't bear that burden. You know what I mean? I can't bear the burden of having to uh, engage with folks who it's deeply ingrained with them to dehumanize me and they don't even know it. I don't have Mm. time. (laughs) I don't have time. So I don't know if it's, maybe it's a pointless question to ask maybe it's that's not the the focus or what the focus should be you know Mm. maybe it's just going to lead me down endless holes and questions about what to do and not do you know end up doing nothing um but i i I think what you're bringing up though is living we talked about this off air but that people are messy and living mm -hmm. in that mess how do you do it 
so I, I Ash, what I think what you're saying too is is a a completely unique perspective from where I exist as a part of the dominant group um, in virtually every category. So how I'm thinking about this is for less about my own mental health and then how do I go talk to some of my own people, right? Mm -hmm. And this isn't just like my own like just broader white male Christian community, but just my own family, my own friends, my own intimate groups that I have grown up around and learned Christianity and how to see the world, how you can espouse these other ideas and Mm -hmm. yet follow a person or be a part of a platform or a system that seems to be counter to these other values. And Mm -hmm. so for me, um, at least as a part of the dominant group, I'm trying to figure out how I get in there and do the work. How do I get in there and talk to these people? How do I show empathy and listen Mm -hmm. to their concerns and then also say, but what you're doing right now is dehumanizing what you're doing right now is bigotry what what this looks like and how this affects people who don't look like you and i right not ash and i but me and the other white person i'm talking to is it's costing people their lives it's what is driving police shootings it's mass white supremacist shootings at synagogues uh Mm. driving from allen texas to el paso texas to murder 22 people and injure 26 others right this is this is something that for me, at least as a white person, I feel like there is work to be done in the white community that is actually stepping into these spaces. It is writing your center. It, it, it is talking to city councils. It is talking to your family. Um, but that's going to create a lot of uncomfortable components. But you develop those muscles by using them. And I feel like the white community has too long let those muscles atrophy and we have to live in the mess. As white people, we have to step in there and sit in that uncomfortability, that awkwardness, in order to challenge people so that maybe people like Ashley and Elijah get to have a better experience in life soon, <laughs> like tomorrow, <laughs> like tomorrow. Yeah. Or today. And I just, I can't help but just, Think of the example uh, of Christ throughout Scripture, where, like, I mean, he he saw the Pharisees as human, but still called them out for nonsense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep right. He right. still yeah. spent time like engaging through parables in hopes that I mean they would get it, but then also re- rebuked them for being yeah, like, yeah. yo. Like, listen to what they say. Just don't do what they do. Like, these guys ain't about that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, so I'm, I'm, I'm like, man, I don't know where that line is. I'm not trying to say like, oh, I'm Jesus or anything like that. But like, <laughs> I think <laughs> no, if we're, but... we're, if we're gonna follow the example of Christ, like, I, I think that that there is a balance for me to like look at the people who are marginalized and the people who are gatekeepers and are affecting the marginalization and be able mm-hmm. to speak truth to power. Yes. I could see yes. them as human, but still call them to a higher calling, still higher call them calling, to do, yeah. do greater, still yep. call them to see the people that they don't see in their community. Like, yeah. um, and you talk I mean, about I, whoever that is, whoever, whoever that is, whoever's They're in power, like Democrat, Republican, yeah. independent. Cause my, yeah, my hope isn't in them being in power. Like there's still work right. to be done. You know what I'm saying? Yep. There yeah. is a lot of work to be done. Um, 
and we see it like in in like right now. I mean, I like that Joe said, you know, black people have my back. I got your back. Like, but we're gonna hold you to it. Yep. You know, um, and I, you didn't know, forget so what you said on the Breakfast Club, okay? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We didn't forget. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, yeah, I remember that. So it's like I, I, I wanna, I wanna give people room to to be more than they are. Just like I, I see that in Scripture where Jesus gave the Pharisees room to be more. Than they were, and some people were. Nicodemus was more than the reputation of the Pharisees. Yeah. Like he actually took him out to eat. Like, mm-hmm. um, I mean, Judas. Judas spent how long with him? Years, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like you, you living with a person that's going to betray you, and you lived with him, and you taught him, and you cared for him. Yeah. And I just think that like people are are more than that, um, or yeah. more. Mm. Um, There's you know, and can be more than that. There is an inherent yeah. value, and and yeah. I feel like my my beef with cancel culture is like the mm-hmm. hope of giving somebody a second chance. People like I think Brian Stevenson says that, uh, like we are more than the worst thing that we've ever done. Mm. Yes, you know, yeah. like yeah. you yes. are more than the worst thing you've. I am more than the worst thing I've ever done. Mm-hmm. There is an Thank inherent. God. Exactly. Thank God. <laughs> There's an inherent value to maybe y'all ain't done no bad stuff, but I can no. get a praise break in right there. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So when we start quantifying like people's yeah. redemption and their arc of redemption, like and putting it in our own hands, like that's a dangerous, mm. like Yeah, that's you mm. mean to tell me that this is nah. the this is the rock bottom for this person? I mean, maybe it right. could be, but I always heard rock bottoms when you stop digging. So maybe they stop digging right here, but they could probably go further. They could die. Like, mm. but knows? you don't know that as a human though. So you're in the yeah. mess with them. Like, yeah. So yeah. I saw somebody um, showed me um, again. Speaking of cancel culture, um, a post that Tyra Banks had, you know posted or whatever. I don't know if it started on Instagram or whatever, but I I saw her saying, hey, now is the time. You know, we voted, we got out, we did the whole, you know, our democratic process and all of that. And now it's the time for us to unite and really come together and do all of that. Basically, she was saying, we have to find a way to work together. Mm. And Amanda Seals, I don't know if you guys know who she is, but um, she's a comedian. Yep. She's also an actress. She's also a political activist. She's a commentator. She's brilliant. Um, She's super dope. I admire her a lot. However, she came back and was like, nah, nope, no, we ain't about that. Like, basically, (laughs) you know, we're in that time frame. And I'm sure if you go back just a few episodes, I am probably doing some of the same things. (laughs) But I am growing. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm sure you can find me canceling somebody Uh, on this podcast at at some point. I mean, it's a real emotion. It is. Right. It's real. It is. However, if we're going to grow and if we're going to get better, if we're going to leave 2020 and 2020, I just feel like there ha- there has to be a way. Maybe we don't have to listen to Tyra, but maybe <laughs> she does have a point. Yeah. There has to be some kind of way we strategize together mm-hmm. um, to pr- prioritize eradicating 
anti-Black racism and white supremacy and whiteness and xenophobia and homophobia and all of that. Of Mm -hmm. course, yes. But you can't do that with a computer. You have to do that with another Mm -hmm. human Human being. being. And the very, Mm -hmm. yeah, the the people that you want to change are the same people you got to actually work with. Yeah. You have to change them in order to eradicate these other things, right? Uh, it's so, so difficult. Yeah. It is. It, and and yeah. I'm not saying I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not ready. I had a, a very interesting conversation this week with somebody where I was like, I'm not like Wolverining you like I used to be Wolverine and folks. Like Ryan, <laughs> Ryan knows who Wolverine is. You know hey. what I mean? I stopped talking to Ryan for eight hey. months. Because the claws you know, came out. Yeah. Let me tell you. I, I caught I some hands back in the day. <laughs> caught hands and then you caught silence. Okay. Because I was like, uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> I got and Ryan was my boss, so there was a power dynamic. You know, you would think I'd be afraid. Nah. Um, but I'm just saying, like, I have grown from that to know how to engage with people. But I'm realizing I still don't have fully what it takes because I am I am who I'm arguing for. Mm. Right. (laughs) I am the actual press group, and so. I realize in some cases it's better for me to bow out and just say, hey, Ryan, can you handle this? You know, can mm-hmm. you do it? Can mm-hmm. you talk to your people? Can you talk gather to, your yeah. people? Because I don't have it, mm-hmm. you know, but I don't, I just feel like how we move forward from here, how we strategize from here, how we find, we we have to find a way mm-hmm. to change folks so that we can continue to uh, rebuild, restructure America and the systems that run it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whether that's building something completely new or reforming the existing system, mm-hmm. you cannot do it just with folks that are already radicalized. Mm-hmm. Right. Unless we go into war. Right. Yo, you know? And that includes the church, too. So we're talking, what y'all have described sounds like political systems, but that also seems to apply to the church yeah. too. The way that we uh, yeah. approach pastoring, seminaries, training people, who's elders, who's yes. deacons, like all yes. that stuff has to be put on the table. And and Oof. you gotta twenty twenty yeah. accountability. Yeah, man, this is this is the <laughs> end, man. Twenty twenty. <laughs> Uh, what's crazy is we still have a month and a half to go and the way that this year has turned uh, out i'm i'm i am like yeah i'm uh, not like who thank god we made it Uh, uh-uh. i'm like get me to december 31st because we got a lot of time for some stuff to pop off but then even at the same time like what you said ash and what Ia said like the work isn't going to stop in 2021 22 23 because this nation is built on anti-blackness and white supremacy. So we're going to be doing this on some level for a while. And and your question, Ash, I, that's one I wrestle with. How do I work with people and come together when we may fundamentally disagree on the humanity of these given groups of people? Hmm. And I don't know how to work next to people who legitimately see these other groups as less than when I'm trying to advocate for their actual humanity and space to <laughs> right. exist in the world. And is it too optimistic to think that if we did get the other side, quote unquote, uh, to a point in a place where they can see that what they're doing is dehumanizing? Is it too 
optimistic to think that they would actually change, like appealing to them and uh, their morals, yeah. that they would actually do something about it once they come into this certain level of mm. knowledge. I'd Will like they? To, or uh, you would like I to feel think like that's so, but thinking right there. Yo, e, yeah, say what you said to me today at lunch. Yeah, like literally. you were saying that very I, thing. I just feel like I think that that is just a misguided uh, um, approach. That consciousness, that understanding, leads to right action. And yeah. I mean, we we have gone to a school where people. Understand Oof. the Bible, but it does not Oof. always lead to right action. Like, right, you know the things, but you don't. You do know the, the things, things, but you don't do the things. And I think, like, I think it can be a misguided step to be like, well, if I just give somebody more knowledge, they're gonna want right. more. And it's like that's not really the case. Like, Jesus mm-hmm. gave the rich young ruler a choice and <laughs> said, yeah. like, hey, sell your stuff and follow me. Dude yep. put his head down. Was like, yo. Nah. Nah, because nah, once you, he was aware of the cost, like you mean to tell me that, <laughs> yeah, so whatever, like something that costs somebody something, yeah, it, that cost them so much, and, and we, we equip them with the knowledge and say, like, okay, now it's time to divest, and, and that people are gonna be lining up to. <laughs> You know, so not, and I don't want to sound so pessimistic, like I'm hopeless. I I just want us to shift our focus. Just like I, I had to shift my focus when it came to the conversation on race of like trying to bring white people along. Like, nah, I just, I'm just going to do the work in the community. Like there are Mm -hmm. black people suffering and I'm wasting a lot of, uh, a lot of hours going to white only spaces where, uh, trying to help them. Yeah. Trying to help them. And, and it's like, it's like this placating where it's the song and dance, but when it comes to actually tangible change and I present a tangible change, it's like, well, you know, but we got to, uh, 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 nah, man, (laughs) I don't need you to malfunction. (laughs) Just, uh, (laughs) do the work. If you ain't going to do the work, at least just let me know. Don't play the game. So let me know. Yeah. yeah, But I mean, I had to learn that in my, in my life. And I'm just wondering on a national scale, we're just like, oh man, we just have more footage of black people dying. If we just had more wokeness (laughs) and all of a sudden people are going to be, it's like, they're going to do something different. Yeah, they're no. going to do something different. Uh, no. Like, the people who are going to do something different and are who are, are doing it. And if you're right. going to put support behind the people who are doing something different, I'm all for it. Come on, mm-hmm. bring the dollars. Like, there are people making change in education, in uh, maternal mortality, and, mm-hmm. like, true change. Like, put the money behind it. Don't yep. start something new and, and get burnt out after a month and be like, I, I tried. Oh. Like Ooh. churches yep. included, don't start oh. an initiative for race and put a couple of dollars behind, and then get tired when you get a few emails, and then give up on it. Like you call it somebody up. I'm gonna clip. <laughs> I'm gonna clip that section and just send it to all <laughs> my friends. Send an email. Just <laughs> hey, listen to this on repeat. Listen, uh, a sixty second yeah. bit right here. So you right. Nah, I'm talking You're to myself right. too. Like, there's a lot Same of here. there's a lot of privileges that I operate in, and I, I gotta be mindful not to all of a sudden just take the baton and run and try to start something new because I'm excited about a new topic or being oh. woke mm. on some something new. Like, Ooh. nah, just sit down, Man. be humble, and listen to people. Oh, all right, listen Kendrick. to black women, right. listen to people in the community. Yeah, Man. that's good. You're giving I a word. Yeah. 
Okay. That's a, you don't get answer my question. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, it's, and there are, it's okay to dust your feet off and go to the next city. It's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay yeah. to dust your feet yeah. off of people too, when they show and prove that there is no change in sight and right, no yeah. interest in change. And I think there's a level of the work that we do where we're constantly having to draw boundaries and, and yes. understand our power, our own mm-hmm. power to change other folks is very mm-hmm. limited. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? Our own power to radicalize folks, very limited. And so I think it's a healthy view of what we're able to do. And I think you, I mean, literally, I do think you just kind of helped answer the question. Cause it's like this level of remembering my human capabilities as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. You know, let me rehumanize myself in this whole thing. Like I don't, have to engage people who are diabolically opposed to my humanity. I I don't have to engage them. Right. I do have to fight for the protection of my people and maybe via policy and maybe via, you know, sometimes one-to-one conversations or relationships, but long-term I don't have to suffer with Mm -hmm. folks that don't see me as a human being. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't have to convince you of that. I know that about myself and Mm -hmm. I am also human enough to know that I can't, change that in you completely yep. like maybe i can drop a seed here and there but this is where i really think this is a spiritual journey whether you are christian or not i really think dealing in social justice work and healing spaces is a spiritual journey in general you got to be in tune mm-hmm. to something else to know this is one of the conversations that i need to continue or this is one of the conversations where i need to go ahead and bow out this is yeah. a conversation where I need to pose a very difficult question that's going to make them think about themselves and they're either going to accept the challenge and follow me or they're going to walk away right. and follow their riches right. and they will make themselves clear to themselves. Yeah. You know, they will be able to make that decision and make a statement about themselves. So I do think yep. to your point, Elijah, you did just somewhat give, I think a revelatory answer and just reminding us like, Yeah. We're limited in our own human capabilities to make radical change in other people's hearts. But what we do have power in in a way is gathering together with those of, of like mind to at least put in policies that doesn't allow those folks who don't see us as humans yet to carry out their mm-hmm. ideologies of hierarchical value mm-hmm, and racist yeah. thoughts towards us, you know? So come on, Sermon. <laughs> Man. But I do, I do, I, yeah, that is it. I just forgot. Yo, that's a, <laughs> that's a hell of a way to end 2020, man. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it's going to be a long, what, six, seven weeks till we get together again, man. It's, it is. Yeah. I don't like not hearing from y'all. I feel like I haven't been to church in a while. So <laughs> <laughs> we just had church right now. That's what I'm saying. Get that <laughs> offering plate. Patreon.com slash we talk. Man. All right. I guess that does it for this year. So Dang. if you want to get at us, we're at we talk different.com. You can pass the offering plate, uh, patreon.com slash we talk different. You can email <laughs> us. And like we started off this show, we so appreciate getting emails. To hear what y'all agree with, disagree with, topics you want to talk about, think about. We really do value that, as Ashley said and Elijah said at the beginning. We love hearing that stuff. So holla at wetalkdifferent.com. We're on all the platforms where you can find podcasts, rate us, leave us a review, because it helps people find the sauce. So 
Until 2021. Holla. Peace. Drop that mic. I'm out. Right, let's get I'm about it. to hibernate up until you know this vaccine is passed around. Cause <laughs> you're gonna be numbers, hibernating man. until 2022, man. Straight up. Hibernate. Shoot. Hey, yeah. and people ain't even people ain't even met family for Thanksgiving yet. And these are the numbers. These pre-Thanksgiving numbers. You ain't never I know. You're right. Pre-Christmas. Mid December. It's gonna be a. It's gonna be popping. Yeah, I was about to say, uh, no pun intended, with they cracking. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I laughing at my own? Shout joke? out to or because you're getting old, Ash. You you near and forty. That's what <laughs> you crack you know a joke and then you, you laugh start at laughing it. before you even say the joke. <laughs> yeah, I sure did. I stopped myself like that's the old man technique, man. Hey, let me tell you something. <laughs> You're like, oh, damn. Here it comes. <laughs> Sorry, laugh at his Punchline, 30 minutes later. Finally. Don't walk around the barn to go through the door. That's what I learned this week. Just get to it. What? Just say it. Don't walk around. Oh, you really are old. You've I been, know. Uh... It was a good say. I was like, oh, that's a good point. Like, don't, don't walk, walk around the barn to go the through barn. the door. Yeah, like, because you're taking too long. I don't actually get it. You're taking too long. You're going around the barn. Just go through the front door. Just get to the point. It's like, mm. front Is the barn in the back, though? Like, Ashley Irons, <laughs> you're killing me. You are old. I mean, where's the barn? And where's the front door? No. It's an orange. You're, you're a city girl, man. You, you can't give her a farm get out, metaphor. Get out of the country. No. Yeah, I got to yeah, use like, a city analogy. Like, Don't walk around the barn to get through. <laughs>